One of the speakers we have at the upcoming forum on the family in June is Dr. Kevin Sabet. Now, Kevin is the head of SAM, which is Smart Approaches to Marijuana. He served in the Obama administration, amongst others. And uh, SAM were very supportive with research when we were battling the cannabis referendum in 2020. And the reason they're so helpful is because many U.S. states have gone down the legalization path and are seeing the consequences of the disastrous policy firsthand. And big marijuana in the U.S., with the help of some Democrat politicians, are now trying to introduce a law, an industry-crafted piece of legislation that will enable billions of dollars to be invested into the marijuana industry. And if passed, the bill will bring the whole of the USA one step closer to the full nationwide legalization and commercialization of marijuana. Not only is the marijuana industry pushing hard for this bill, but the banking industry is pushing hard as well, you know, follow the money. This bill has a lot of money behind it. And Kevin Sabet had to turn up to make a submission. And I wanted to show you an excerpt because it reminds us of just why it was so important that New Zealand voted no. So have a watch of Dr. Kevin Sabet's submission uh, to the Congress uh, Select Committee, I guess is what you'd call it. And frankly, the banking industry is quaking after recent failures. Uh, I should note the hearing also comes right in the middle of the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services National Prevention Week at a time when suicide rates for young people are off the charts, mental health challenges are worse than ever before, and frankly, insurance companies are getting away with murder by not covering mental illness the way they do physical illness. The idea that this committee decided to spend its time turbocharging the marijuana industry right now, given everything else going on, I think is unfortunate. And we're spending your important time talking about how we can turn our kids into a great national experiment, an experiment rigged towards addiction, misery, and our next public health calamity. But because we are here, let me briefly state why this bill is not what we need right now. Number one, today's marijuana is more dangerous than ever. And this bill would open up the marijuana industry to Wall Street hedge fund managers and Silicon Valley investors who will create even more hazardous products to get them in the hands of even more Americans. Number two, the bill would open the U.S. financial system to activity from transnational criminal organizations who intend to harm Americans. And number three, it purports to fix essentially a fake problem. Today's marijuana businesses are not dealing primarily in cash. There are hundreds and hundreds of banks working with pot businesses. So issue one, let's be honest here. Today's marijuana is not about Woodstock weed. It's not about three to 4% THC. It's more about these products that I am entering in an appendix in my written testimony, these edibles, these candies, these cereals, these concentrates, these waxes, 99% supercharged THC that has a deleterious effect on both physical and mental health. Imagine what this would look like with even more big investors. And frankly, you can take it from your former colleague on the other side, former Speaker John Boehner, uh, one of the biggest proponents of marijuana today, who has said that he said, quote, I was on the board of a major tobacco company, Reynolds. Do you think big tobacco is staying on the sidelines? I've talked to these guys. They are not going to sit this one out. And they have the dollars to acquire whoever they want. 
that may make big banks, big tobacco, big alcohol very happy, but it will mean more high-potency products in our schools and neighborhoods. A drug that is now uh, responsible for a third of all schizophrenia cases in young men, according to a lo very large Danish study that was just released earlier this week. The number one substance found in youth suicide, marijuana, not alcohol. Uh, the number one drug for youth going to treatment today because of supercharged marijuana. There are, in fact, more daily marijuana users now than alcohol users, a number that we would have considered unfathomable 10 years ago. These increases we've seen in states like Colorado include 1,000% increases in emergency room admissions for psychosis, schizophrenia, cannabis hyperemesis syndrome, which is uncontrollable vomiting, phys other physical ailments. And we have marijuana stores uh, very carelessly recommending, for example, according to one study, 70% uh, of pot shops recommending marijuana to pregnant women, something no medical association would endorse. In fact, if we were up here with every medical association, almost everyone in this country opposes the legalization and normalization of marijuana, which I think this bill will expedite. Issue two, this bill would give banks cover for federally illegal transactions. That's why the better name for this legislation, I think, is the Addiction Banking Act. This is both a legal and financial bailout that will buttress the banking system at the expense of public health. It will increase money laundering by transnational criminal organizations, giving them access to shell corporations within the United States. It will empower further foreign cartels who are already targeting kids and communities of color that are victimized by this industry. Let's be frank here. Banks have a horrible track record when it comes to money laundering with other illegal drugs like fentanyl. That's why five former drug czars, including a few of my former bosses in both Republican and Democratic administration, oppose this, and I have uh, entered that in my, um, in my written statement as well. And as many of you have likely heard from law enforcement in your communities, cartel activity now is booming in legal states. California Governor Gavin Newsom declared a state of emergency to contend with cartel activity in the marijuana market, which now dominates about 80% of that market. We should not be fooled this will help when, when we will open up this illegal industry to the banks. And finally, issue three. The U.S. Treasury Department says that marijuana businesses currently work with over 800 banks in this country. Multiple state regulatory bodies, including Colorado, on the record have admitted that marijuana businesses are being banked by state-regulated banks and credit unions. We did our own investigation at SAM, the organization I founded with former Congressman Patrick Kennedy, because we do see this as a nonpartisan issue. Our own investigation found that pot shops were more than willing to take debit and credit cards and other non-cash uh, uh, means. I have to say one final note as I conclude. As someone who worked in the Obama administration most recently and is dedicated to making sure our drug laws are up-to-date, evidence-informed and equitable. We are not calling to ar arrest workers or arrest users of marijuana, throw them in prison and increase criminal justice. But on the other hand, why would we normalize and commercialize today's super strength marijuana at a time when fewer than 2% of marijuana businesses are owned by people of color, when disparity of arrests is still happening in legalized states? In fact, youth marijuana arrests in some legal states are going up, not down. When people like John Boehner represent the industry and groups like the NAACP Illinois are our partner, warning us of persistent inequities in neighborhoods saturated with pot shops, the way they are already inundated with liquor stores and the like. I think we'd be fanning the flames on the addiction crisis that's staring us right in the face. The Addiction Banking Act would reward the industry for sidelining and targeting communities of color. So I urge you members of the committee to do the right thing and not make it even easier to normalize and commercialize this very new substance, 
today's super strength THC and not make the same mistake as we have with other addictive industries in the past. The fundamental question before us today is whether we should promote and normalize drug use during an overdose and addiction crisis or discourage it by helping people get treatment, achieve full recovery, and discourage use among youth of all drugs. Let's remember that it took us almost 100 years to reverse the public health impacts of the tobacco industry, who continually cast doubt on public health advocates with industry-funded bunk science. We have an opportunity today to not repeat those mistakes. Thank you for your time, and I'm happy to answer. Yeah, I mean, very important argument, and uh, of course, it's big marijuana. You just have to follow the money. But it is all a reminder of how fortunate we were to vote no and to succeed in the 2020 referendum here in New Zealand on legalizing cannabis. Uh, and Kevin is speaking at our forum on the family at the end of June, which is very exciting, and you won't want to miss him. In fact, uh, Sam actually released their analysis of what effect legalization has had in the US in the states where it's happened. And here's just some quick takeaways to finish with. Use is increasing across the board, but especially in young adults aged 19 to 30. And while the use of marijuana is steadily increasing, the perception of harm from using drugs is decreasing, especially amongst high schoolers. 30% uh, of marijuana users, marijuana users have some form of marijuana use disorder. Uh, and use before the age of 18 increases the likelihood of marijuana use disorder by sevenfold. And legalization is associated with a 25% increase in marijuana use disorder amongst 12 to 17 year olds. Uh, there's also been increases in emergency department visits, THC exposures involving children and marijuana-related poison control case uh, calls, increases in impaired driving and fatal crashes involving stone drivers, teen drivers driving stoned, uh, and the black market is alive and well. Do you remember those promises we were given that the black market would just go away if we legalized? Of course it won't. And the tax revenue is minuscule in the scheme of things and fails to take into account the health and societal costs and harm, such as addiction, mental health, and family harm. The environmental impact is significant, which is kind of ironic given the Greens' obsession with marijuana. And what I do find fascinating and ironic, as you'll see down the bottom there, is that in states that have legalized, the overwhelming majority of cities and communities don't want anything to do with it. Uh, all of this reminds us how New Zealand dodged a bullet in the cannabis referendum when the majority voted no. And we need to continue to vote no for the sake of our families and communities. The evidence of what happens if we legalize is quite clear. Just look at what's happening in the US. New Zealand is too precious to be wasted.